0: Hello and welcome in. This is the podcast, Builder versus Buyer. I'm the host, Adam Steiner. I run my own design firm, Burnham Design Co. You should check it out if you don't already. Um, and this podcast is here to help both builders and buyers in the home building industry, um, help answer some questions about what the other side is thinking, bring the sides together, as it were. I'm a Um, peacemaker. So that's what I like to do naturally. Um, Fun for me. So I have just kicked on the live streams for YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, LinkedIn, and TikTok. If you are on there and have a question, hit me up in the chat. I would love to answer it. If it's about floor plans, home design, anything like that. Um, Also, today's episode is brought to you by The Ultimate Room Layout Guide, roomlayoutguide.com helps you with the most common pitfalls in home design. Um, It has, it's my guide for how to lay out just about every room in your home. There's over over 40 designs in there, room layouts, I should say. It's got dimensions on there, spacing, my common notes for how I'd lay those out. And so whether you're hiring someone to custom design for you or custom designing yourself, um, it could be a great tool to dial in all those rooms and spaces and really avoid a lot of costly mistakes in the field. Um, If it's on the plans, you always have a better shot of it getting built right. So check that out. That's roomlayoutguide.com. Thank you. Um, Let's dive in to a couple fun things. Um, I get asked a lot to develop 3D renderings for people specifically interior 3D renderings, but a lot of times exterior as well for people that I didn't even design for. Um, We'll find out about me and say how much to do this rendering. And so the the question I want to answer is, should you, as part of a um, home design project, floor plan project, anything like that, should you... um, be getting 3D renderings automatically included in that project. Um, And the answer is not necessarily, you need to check your documentation. Not every, not every architect or designer or drafter will include 3D renderings, um, as part of the project. Now let's dive into the software a little bit. So depending on what they're using as software, um, depending on what they're using as software can make it a lot easier or harder to develop 3D renders for people. I do exterior 3D renderings for all my clients because I just, I know, so I design in AutoCAD two-dimensionally, not 3D AutoCAD, but two-dimensional AutoCAD so i know when i send someone an elevation it feels very dead when you're looking at it in two dimensions and i want my clients to love their project and really be excited about it and feel like they can trust me in it um because i've done enough to figure out what it's going to look like and hopefully it captures their vision really well um and so because of that i always include a 3d rendering i'm like i want you to love it like here's what it looks like. And usually that's the point at which, um, I start to feel a little bit of buy-in from the client because they're like, Oh, okay. You know, that, that was the track we're going down or no, we need to change this this, and this, you know, it's whatever. But, um, I always include an exterior 3d. And I would say if you're hiring someone to do a plan, that's almost a must, like, unless you really don't care how your exterior looks at all, I would say, hire someone because it's so hard to tell, especially when you're not dealing with this on a daily basis. It's so hard to tell what a two dimensional plan will look like from three dimensions. Um, when you think about faces bumping out different distances and whether that's a six foot bump out versus a two foot bump out, um, can mean a lot of difference in the elevation, how you perceive it in three dimensions, but you wouldn't ever pick up on that in two dimensions. So I highly, highly, highly recommend getting exterior 3Ds done. As far as interiors, so interiors, it's actually kind of rare that my clients do interior renderings um, or interior walkthroughs. Some of them do, um, but I don't do it very, very often. Um. Again, for me, so I'm I'm working with someone who does a lot more modeling in Revit and they're doing my some of my construction documents now. Um so the model going from um Revit to a full interior 3D rendering is a is a little bit smoother than CAD. If you do CAD, you basically have to build it in another program. Um you have to build your uh, the floor plan in another three-dimensional program. So whether that's 3D CAD or SketchUp or Revit, um, Archicad will do this as well. Not Archicad, um, Chief Architect. That's what I meant to say. Chief Architect will do this as well, where um, some of these are BIM software, some are not, some are just 3D software. But um, you have to build the floor plan in three dimensions so that you can then show 3D renderings. Um So it's a little bit more time intensive for me because I don't do all of my plans in Revit. Um, But even if you're in Revit, there's a lot of work that goes into um, modeling it so that it, um, there's a lot of work that goes into modeling it so that it looks and feels good when you're walking around the 3d on the inside. Um, So a typical Revit drawing isn't necessarily completely dialed in for the interiors. Like the, the floor might not render perfect. You know, you, you might've picked a wood flooring pattern, but then when you render it, you realize like the color's kind of ugly or the style doesn't render nice or, you know, and extrapolate that over all your tile selections and, and everything. And also with Revit, you need to model everything that goes into the model. So if you want a tile backsplash, in your rendering, you need to put tile somewhere on the wall. Um, there's a number of ways to do it in Revit, but there's just a lot of steps that go into it that, you know, a lot of times that doesn't get modeled in a construction document set, but it needs to be there in 3Ds it, to produce a 3D rendering. So it's, it's kind of tricky to get to a really good, smooth transition where um, from a floor plan to a 3D rendering doesn't take much time and effort. At least I haven't figured out a good a great system for that, but I've done it a handful of times. And then with three d interiors, there's another thing, and that is,, um, it is really the the three d interiors feel really dead unless you put a lot of decoration in. So you need a lot of interior plants and candles and the KitchenAid mixer that goes on the counter and the coffee pots and the furniture and the rugs and the wall art. Um, You really need to go to that extent if you're gonna show a client something that they can really, um, really latch onto, right? So. I would say like um, for that reason, it's, it's just, yeah, it's time intensive um, to put all that stuff in a model get it right. Check to see that it renders. Well, um, takes a lot of time. So should you hire someone to do 3d interiors? I would say if you're working with a designer or architect that offers free 3d interiors as part of the project, um, I, I think that's, that's like really, really great. Um, but, and a huge, huge bonus to, to go with that. Um, but I don't think it's a must from a floor plan standpoint. I will say though, the clients I've done this with, we've actually thrown the 3d, um, the VR goggles on and walked around in VR and it's just a next level, um, where you perceive the floor plan, you really, you really feel the space in a way that you can't describe in two dimensions or even a 3d picture, like a 3d still image is a lot different than walking it in VR. So VR is awesome. If you can get there, do it. Um, got a question here. My mentor only works on 2d AutoCAD. I want to make the leap to 3d Revit. How can I learn fast? Um, I would say um, a course my friends put together um, on Revit is awesome. It's Revit rocket ship. Um, it is Lance and Al from F9 productions. And that's a straightforward streamlined course. It's got the templates, everything you need by the end of the project, you've got a small cabin um, that they modeled and everything. Like it's, it's pretty sweet. Um, and then you basically have a full set of construction documents when you're done with it. Um, it doesn't go over like the nuts and bolts of everything as you get into more complicated roofs and stuff, but that's a really great course if you want to start and learn fast. Um, for those of you watching on TikTok, if you have any questions regarding floor plans or uh, home design, home building process, I would be happy to help with that. Um, Let's see here. I also wanted to talk about, um, I also wanted to talk about flooring systems. So I posted a video, got a lot of comments on this, um, of, The flooring systems, dimensional lumber versus TJI versus open web floor trusses. Um, A lot of the commentary actually was around um, the fire rating of those systems. Um, So I'm not a firefighter. I don't know how firefighters handle these um, different systems. I've heard things that, dimensional lumber will last you the longest structurally because when wood chars it actually like protects the the structural integrity of the wood a bit longer whereas if you have a um a steel beam or a floor truss the steel components in that melt relatively quickly um and that's what gives you your structural integrity and then the system will collapse um and then with tji's that's an engineered product we have like a oriented strand board or OSB material as the um, middle webbing, and then usually a two by at the top and bottom cord. So that middle webbing is held together. That OSB is held together with resins and glues and, and things like that. So when it's in a fire, those also melt and lose some structural integrity. Um, so I I would say, um, yeah, those, but for TJIs and floor trusses, here's an important note is that, um, anytime you do those, the code requires that you drywall the space, well, at least in most states, um, that you drywall the space below them so they're not exposed. So, like, if you're doing a full basement with floor trusses, um, at least when we were in Minnesota, we had to drywall that entire area below the trusses so that we had some fire protection between if a fire started in the basement between the floor trusses um so that the occupants had time to get out and be safe um if uh you're doing tjis i think it's um something similar whereas if you're doing dimensional lumber you don't need to do that um i would say though um there are probably other sources out there that can deal with the fire rating better. Um, I would say from a structural standpoint, I would use any of those in my home. Um, dimensional lumber, typically the shortest spans. Um, it's a little bit the hardest to work with because you're the most limited on holes. Um, you can drill and and cuts you can make out of it. Um, and then the dimensional lumber doesn't necessarily always come to the site in perfect conditions. You know, it's a board from a tree. So it's not, it's not uncommon to see them warped a lot um, or anything like that. Um whereas if you get something like TJIs or an engineered floor truss, it comes to the site dead straight and and flat. And so it's, it's a little bit easier to work with. Um also TJIs have some are prefabs with. Cutouts for things like HVAC and plumbing. Others you need to refer to the manual. Um, there's a little bit more um, opportunity to drill into those because the web doesn't because um, the top and bottom core are totally separated from the web, like structurally they're not combined, so you don't have any stress concentrations there. So you can cut a little bit more out of it, um, and it makes it makes things like plumbing runs a little easier. And then open web trusses, you get your biggest spans, you can do HVAC completely in them. That's a huge perk of it too, is um, there's no dropped ductwork in the basement. At least there shouldn't be. There's a possibility that beams block that at times, but there's rarely um, ductwork that drops below the floor system. So if you're paying for a nine foot basement, you usually preserve that ceiling height best. Um, Whereas the other systems, you're going to have something dropping below that, those floor joists often. Um. So yeah, that's a couple notes on floor systems. If you had other questions, hit me up. Um, got a question from Joe here. How do you draw dimensional lumber rather than drafting nominal lumber? Um, I'm not sure I understand the question. If you're still on, let me know a little bit more about what you're thinking there, and I would love to help you out. Do a lot of interior drafting. That's awesome. Um, as far as drawing it, like for a floor plans. Oh, so I typically like, um, as far as drawing it on a floor plan, I always draw... Um, interior walls at three and a half inches. I always draw my exterior walls four or six, depending if you're doing a two by six, it'd be six. Um, So interior would be three and a half and five and a half. Exterior would be either four or six. Um, So I usually draw by that. And then um, I would call your carpenters or framers and ask from like a dimension standpoint, what they want. some want wall centers, some want edge to edge. Um, so it depends a little bit on that. Um, our exterior plywood is seven sixteenths. Um, most of the stuff we do. Um, got another question here. Do you do all your structural calculations or do you rely on a structural engineer? Um, so, it, again, depends on the state. A um, couple projects I'm doing in Colorado right now. We have a, a structural engineer um, that's designing the entire house. Um, some There's a, a local architect friend I have that does calcs for me, um, and he'll do all the calcs. And if there's anything, you know, that he's any big spans or big areas, he'll be like, hey, let's send this out to a structural and um, get this section dialed in. So... Yeah, we've done some structural engineering on the plans. Um, it's honestly kind of rare. The code book covers a lot of, you wouldn't believe it actually, but the code book covers a lot of the air quotes engineering for like header sizing and beam sizing. Um, if it's a modest span, the odds are it, it might be in the code book. So I would even check there first. Um, if you want some rough sizing, the Forte Web is a software, I think it's by Warehouser. It's a software that does beam sizing for you. Um, so you uh, can plug in your loads and spans and it'll spit out beams that work for you. So, any other TikTokers that got a question? I am here to answer those for you. And for those people on TikTok, if you didn't know, this is a podcast. See this mic here. This is a podcast that I'm recording to release later. It's builder versus buyer is the podcast. Um, and if you're listening to the podcast, thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe, leave a comment and review. Um, yeah. Give me a, a thumbs up five stars. Um, all right, let's go into the structural systems a little bit more. So we talked about floors, um, The common roof systems I see are rafters and trusses is pretty much a hundred percent of what I've ever done. Um, a rafter is dimensional lumber typically that, um, you cut in place on site that forms your roof, um, system. And so, um, the framers will cut the valleys, the ridges, um, the rafters all notch them into exterior walls um they're usually bearing on purlins so um a rafter bears on the exterior wall and purlins Purlin is like a um smaller stud that connects from a load-bearing wall up to the roof system so that you can do um you can cut the spans down on um on the rafter sizing. So the rafters don't need to get so big. Trusses are manufactured in a factory and they typically, most of the time will bear exterior to exterior. Um, So you can get a lot of really long spans of trusses. You can do a little bit more with them as far as spans and stuff. You don't need to worry as much about interior bearing, although sometimes you get into that, Um, but yeah. Uh, it goes back and forth. Not all markets know how to stick frame really well, to be honest. There's not a ton of framers out there that can do it. So, um, stick framing takes a lot of, um, it's hard to do and framers that do it consistently are usually pretty solid. Um, so those are the two roof systems. Got another question here from TikTok. Did you work for an architectural firm or did you go straight to your own project? So I never worked for an architectural firm actually not even an architect. Um, I got a degree in civil engineering from Purdue and then went straight to working for home builders. So I worked for home builders for like, I don't forget. Let's see. I graduated in 2008. Although technically I started part-time before then. Um, And then I started my own firm in 2020. Um, So yeah, I worked for home builders. I was usually the lead designer at the builders I was at. um, And that's where I I learned a ton through that process. Um, especially what I'm really grateful for. I wasn't then, but I'm grateful for now. Was because every site superintendent and project manager knew exactly where I worked. <laughs> like they passed my desk every day. <laughs> um, they weren't shy about telling me stuff that did and didn't. More importantly, didn't work. Um, so I got a lot of really quick feedback about the the nitty gritty areas of floor plan design. How <clears throat> how certain roof systems didn't work and the stair areas and bearing points and mechanicals and just a lot of stuff like that. Like I, from that perspective, I learned a ton. Um, like I said, it, it wasn't super exciting then. Cause I was like, well, this is, <laughs> it's kind of sucks. I wish <laughs> I wasn't getting yelled at right now. Not that anybody really yelled at me, like nobody was mean about it, but, um, yeah, I would rather have not, screwed stuff up, but it was a great learning experience because you never learn better than when you screw something up and have to get it right. So I'm getting close to the end of the podcast here, probably only on for a couple more minutes. Um, If you're still on TikTok and have another question, or you're on any of those other live sources and have a question, feel free to hit me up, Um, drop it in the chat and I'll try to get back to you. And then for those of you that don't know, whether you're watching live or listening to the podcast, um, please follow me on the socials. So mostly TikTok, but Instagram and Facebook at Burnham Design Co. For all those, it's B-I-R-N-A-M Design Co. I would love to hear from you. If you like the podcast, if you hate it, let me know. Um, And then... For those of you on TikTok, follow Builder Versus Buyer, the podcast. Um, All the episodes are here. I'm almost on 70 episodes. I think this is 67 or 68. So lots of great stuff in there. Um, Get some deep dives on construction things. Let's see here. Um, For those of you listening to the podcast, thanks to Andrew Michael Metter for the music. And yeah, I think that will be it for today. for listening and you have an awesome awesome week oh also roomlayoutguide.com check it out okay bye